Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Neer. I'm Brett, and today we talk about our thoughts on the fear of missing out with too many characters in RPGs, curiosity and early intrigue with Ori in the Blind Forest and Outward, my indecision on what my next game should be, and a special shout-out to Levelhead's 1.18 Void Update. What's up, Walker? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's going on, man? Um, a couple of things. Uh, I, I have done some of the the same, so I won't I won't go on and on. If, if anyone's interested in hearing my thoughts on Sea of Thieves, um, then I, I definitely encourage you to check out the last couple of episodes that we've done. I think I've mentioned it both times there. Um, so I already have to stop you okay. because I do want to like I I. I one, I want to hear if you do have any crazy Sea of Thieves tales that have happened since the last one. Like, please do share them because I have not heard. Sure. And two, I think I sent it to you, the cat in the cannon TikTok. So so we'll start <laughs> with that because that's more valuable. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in Sea of Thieves, you can have pets like cats or monkeys or parrots. The downside is that they are only available for sale for real money. Ah. Um there's not a way to unlock them through through gameplay which whatever i'm not mad at it yeah. but as such i don't have one although i am thinking about it because the truth is is that i haven't paid for sea of thieves itself i'm using the xbox games pass for pc right. which i will unabashedly solicit yet again because it is the best deal i've seen in pc gaming right period. it's five dollars they're gonna like increase the price or not offer that low of a deal anymore like they might have actually screwed themselves out of a bunch of money or something i thought i read a news article on that um, i'm not 100 percent. i read an article that they are not making a ton of money on the deal however that's not their angle their angle is that it's kind of like it, it basically the way they're looking at it is it's it's just a different form of marketing where right yeah they're losing money in air quotes on that but they're they're gaining brand loyalty they're getting people in the ecosystem I well mean, and people that, i mean it, a lot of things go into the xbox game pass for like a month and then when it leaves you've just buy that i mean that's levelhead did that where they were like hey we'll be in the xbox game pass for a month and then if people like it that's their demo period and they can just buy it later if they want it Right. Yeah. And well, and the thing is, man, is like, you know, I've subscribed to a few. I did Origin Access. Uh, I've tried this one. I guess I didn't do the Uplay one because I already own all the Assassin's Creed games. So <laughs> Not a lot of value in it there. <laughs> I mean, there are other Uplay games, but I just own all of the ones that I would really care to play. So um, but anyway, uh, the Microsoft Game Pass, man, it's just it's just a because it, it's not like the Origin one because it's EA exclusive the only AAA titles are EA titles, right? So you don't get like, um, like like right now I'm looking at Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy XV. Final Fantasy XV is the newest one. Final Fantasy IX is old, but it's like a 20 or $30 game on Steam full price. Right. Um, two, the, the most two recent Gears of Wars, the Gears of War Tactics game, a remastered version of gears of war like there's just a lot and now that that is an example of a microsoft title uh, or sea of thieves is an example of that but there's just a lot of really new uh or at least recent big titles um that they offer i've been very impressed and i mean yeah they may increase the price and if they do then I, you know i don't i don't know if i would do it for 15 a month like i don't know if i would pay a wow sub for it 
but I would certainly do the five a month because that's it's the cost of one game per year. Um, anyway, that was a, I could, didn't answer your question at all or explain the thing you brought up. The TikTok video, so someone buys one of these little pirate cats and then, yeah, they put it into one of the cannons on the boat and shoot it across the map, which is hysterical. Well, they, they do it because they, one of the people wouldn't let him drive. <laughs> it's like the whole little, it's like a little 15 second, I don't know, actually it's probably a cl- like a minute long clip, but the important part is he's like, let me drive the boat. He's like, no, I'm driving the boat. He's like, let me drive the boat or the cat gets it. He's like, whatever. You can't, you can't do anything to the cat. He's like, I'm putting the cat in the cannon. He's like, can you even do that? And he clicks the cat. And the cat just loads into the cannon and goes, meow. And he's like, fire the cannon. And he pulls the chain and just, meow. <laughs> yep. Which is not surprising because you can shoot yourself out of a cannon like that. Um, or other players. So right. it, it, it adds up. But no, but that is great. And anyway, the, the, the thing I lost my train of thought on is since I haven't paid full price for the game, but I'm playing it a lot, I'm slightly like compelled bit. to, well, not that I owe, but more just like, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel as bad about spending the extra 10 bucks or whatever. Right. It's not like you got a $120 platinum ultra mega version and then needed to spend another $15 to get a cat. Right. Exactly. But as you know, I'm not someone who normally spends money on cosmetic things like that. Like, no, I've paid in path of exile for some. That was the first thing that I was going to bring up though, is that you have paid if, if you feel like that the game has kind of earned. But even then it wasn't, I, I don't know that I would have for a skin. I paid because in Path of Exile, they give quality of life improvements, like right, the extra and... stashes and stuff, right? Yeah. So that's what I paid for. Um, anyway, but, but yes, I did see that. That video is hilarious. And the fact that you can shoot the little animals out of the cannon is hilarious. I assume I, they just respawn. At you. Yeah, it, re- it just like respawned back on the ship and he fired it again, which all which <laughs> made me roar. I watched the video like probably four or five times in a row, just like <laughs> roaring with laughter the entire time. Yeah. And uh, the only thing that video was missing is now I want to know what happens if you hit somebody with a cat fired from the cannon. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to know. If it... But I don't know. That's my guess, though. The, um, I mean, I think that if nothing, that a petition needs to be signed for that player to get scratched up by the cat, even if it's just cosmetic, like on your screen for like 10 yeah. seconds. And, yeah. Also, if you jump in the water with the cat, it should scratch you. Like there should be yeah. some things that result in cat scratches. That would be good. <laughs> even if they're just cosmetic, leave little right. red marks on your face for a little bit, and maybe blur your vision for five seconds. Like. Yep. Um, but yeah, I did. I tell you, have I told you any of the stories about like when we played with three people? I don't think so. Who do we have a do a I third... do I know the third person or was it a random? Um, no, it, you. I don't think you. I don't think you've ever encountered him, but he's okay. a real life friend of Hammocker and I's. Anyway, he, um, yeah, he played with us and that was a fun little extra dynamic to have a a third person just because we could just do some things that we, we couldn't as easily before. Like normally if it's just two of us, then if one person leaves the ship to like, you know, shoot themselves onto the other boat or, or whatever, you just leave the other person by themselves on the boat to do everything. And it just becomes more problematic but with a third person, he can leave and then we can both stay and then it's fine. So uh, there are these gunpowder barrels that if you if you even touch them with the ship, then they do they explode and do massive damage. Right. And we definitely sent them on some Navy SEAL missions with gunpowder barrels at enemy ships. 
and he just went on and yeah detonated them at their ship and blew the ships up and it was uh it was glorious i was gonna say that's gonna be kind of tasty now did you guys try to do any of the larger ships well you have to oh okay ship that's a sloop which is actually my preferred ship right there's a maximum of two players and then there's a three-player ship and a four-player ship um you can always do a bigger ship with less people, but you can't do less people on, our ship. people on a smaller ship, right? Oh, okay. That's fair. Which is, I don't know, it's too bad because the smaller ship, the reason I like the smaller ship better is that it's only got one sail to mess with. Mm-hmm. The anchor is really fast to raise and lower, so you can turn it really quick. Because you can do J-turns, where if you throw the wheel over and then drop the anchor, you'll, you'll J-turn. It's like a handbrake. <laughs> exactly, which is awesome for fighting. The problem is, is on the bigger ships, it takes a long time to get the anchor up unless you have like everyone on the boat pulling the anchor it. up. Yeah. Right. Like to lower the anchor, you just click a button and it just like releases the chain and drops. So, and do it. Could you not just have two people be in the party to get the boat and have the third person come onto the boat? Or is it just two people on the boat no matter what? No, you could have a third person join the boat. The problem is, is that whenever you join the game, you have to join with a party. Right. And and so you would join with a party of two, and there's uh, no got the right. other person. That makes sense because you don't choose servers; like you just yeah. log into the game, and then it automatically puts people together. So, like sometimes you'll see a loading screen, and it it's basically communicating to you that more people are joining. So, yeah, I, I don't know how you would force your friend into it. I mean, maybe something like what you did back in the day with GTA Five and. Um, yeah, but then that just gets you a private server because you still have to invite people to it. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, and there's there's not yeah there's not a there's not a way to invite people. Like like we have been in a two man party on the two man boat and tried to invite a third person and it just won't let them join the session. Um, so yeah. Anyway, um, but Sea of Thieves continues to provide tons of fun and um, is. over and over again, I'm just so surprised because for so long, and I know I talked about this before, so I'll try and cut it, but I just, I, for so long, I just, I always wanted progression. And so to have so much fun with something that's just so throwaway, I mean, there's not even an MMR, you know, like, like in Starcraft, you're not playing for progression in that way, but you're trying to climb the ladder or whatever, you know, or or if you're in co-op, you're trying to unlock new heroes or new. It actually kind of is weird to see a game that has, any kind of pvp at all not have a system for ranking players even i mean you you almost have to think like i wouldn't be surprised if there was a hidden mmr like but i also wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't i actually kind of would be a little surprised but i i don't think that there is one but I don't know a surprising thing, right? I don't know like, if there is or not. Like we kind of felt like there was because when we first started, we would only see other two man boats. And now when we're on our two man boat, we almost only see bigger boats. Yeah. Now, a lot of times they still only have two people, but not always. It could also be like a temporary thing. Like there are a lot of games that the first hour of gameplay, you're not even actually against real people. They just mm-hmm. look like real people, and you know right. there may even be recorded voice chats that happen, and you know just to simulate it. But it's all bots that look like people, just so that you feel good about playing the game, and you don't get raffle right. stomped early. Or there are there are some. I think I think Call of Duty may have come under fire for that for buffing players for their first like hour or two of the gameplay. Hmm. Like they 
I, it was a, a recent first-person shooter, at least of something 2019-2020. Uh, players were finding out that they were at like 160% health, and uh, like their shots did additional damage or had like lower, like tighter spread or something on it for the first couple of hours of gameplay, essentially ensuring that you get a couple of kills or survive long enough to kind of like get hooked. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt something is in there to kind of facilitate early gameplay, whether that sticks around and becomes an actual hidden MMR system or is just kind of thrown out and, okay, now you're on your own. Yeah, I don't know. And the other thing is, though, is that the game isn't exclusively a PvP game. Now, they have an exclusive PvP mode. Right. But if you just join the normal adventure mode or whatever, I mean, there's plenty of times where if we're not looking for people, we just don't encounter anyone. Right. So that's the other reason I don't know how much time they would put into MMR because it's not it's not that really. And it would be so hard to determine MMR because there's not a <laughs> I don't know how you would judge anyone's skill. Like Right, especially if you're blowing up a boat with a bomb or something or getting right, or, them to or, like Well, it's like the other day we were chasing these guys who had a ton of loot on their ship, which I we didn't know until we sank it. Um but the reason that we didn't actually sink their boat, what happened was they got tired of, of us of running from us, I think. And so eventually they just jumped off of their ship and like came at us, which was a weird plan. <laughs> swim at them, swim. <laughs> right. But their ship wrecked into a giant rock <laughs> and then sank. And so it's like, so if you were to look at it on paper, it looks like we sank them because we stole their loot. We sold it, but we didn't you know what i mean right. like it wasn't, i mean we harassed them into making a bad choice but that's very subjective so anyway, it's just, yeah. it's like, I just it seems like there's a lot of at least in my head like movie scenes where you watch them all dive off their ship and they're swimming at yours and then one's like wait a minute and turns around and looks back just to see their ship just snap and like right oh what are we doing no the treasure <laughs> like right yeah i don't i don't know what their plan was i don't know if my guess is they just didn't they were, they were like you know frantic or something and just didn't pay attention but it or was somebody had a dumb leroy jenkins moment and everybody agreed yeah. that that was the best idea in the moment yeah. and <laughs> nobody it thought it for us um and then but yeah so then beyond sea of thieves uh i have put another several hours i, I so for a two week span i'm at 41 hours in slay the spire uh, i mean that's pretty significant for you Oh, yeah. No, I was, I mean, it's funny. I've put more time in Slay the Spire hours-wise than I have Doom Eternal. (laughs) (laughs) And Doom Eternal is far and away my best game of 2020, (laughs) which means Slay the Spire is not new this year, so whatever. But, I mean, I couldn't be more blown away by Doom Eternal. I love everything about that game. But it's, um, I mean, it was a situation where I I beat the campaign, and I started it on the harder difficulty because... Mm -hmm. I had played 2016 right before Eternal came out on right. regular. So, and the difficulty that's above that is it. I just, I don't have the patience. It like <laughs> it, it's, it's just too punishing. Um, but yeah, yeah. I was looking at that. I was like, wow, slay the spire more hours than, than doom eternal. Well, <laughs> well, that sums up me as a gamer, I guess. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, I have some some other things that I've played a little bit that I want to talk about. But w- what about yourself? What have you been playing this week? So uh, I have done more Hand of Gilgamesh. And 
so I'm at the point now where I basically am using a walkthrough for the map. Mm. Um, but also, so I originally used it just to go back through all the original levels because I knew I, I had missed some content, <clears throat> excuse me, and because it tells you what percentage of the level you have completed. Mm hmm. And I didn't know if this was gold or cards, because sometimes you can get special cards and stuff or equipment or whatever. I don't know what I'm missing. So I was like, fine, let me find a walkthrough for the first five or six levels of the game. See what I'm missing. Yeah, it turns out it was all th all of the above, gold, cards, and equipment. Um, and the secrets are not, most of them are not hidden in an obvious way. Like, it'll be, because it's a 2D kind of side scrolling but there's some depth like up and you can again like a brawler we had discussed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there will just be you can walk into a room and none of the rooms are very big but behind a tree on the left hand side if you walk up and behind the tree and then unclick your mouse because you're holding it down to move or wasd or whatever but you have to hover your mouse over it because there will be a secret lever that uh -huh. you then have to click on or sometimes you have to go a, like behind a bush or something and then you can keep walking left or right or whatever to transition to another screen and that's the secret area it, it just doesn't feel they feel really like you would have to basically push up against every wall and then hover your mouse very slowly around every object to find these things so i was just like i don't really care about that i'm just gonna use the walkthrough now and i'm going and <laughs> It, it does suck because there's one level that has a fun like teleporter room trick where there's like four teleporters up, down, left, right, but they each can take you to different areas. And then there's a map on the back of the wall of the first room that actually has kind of the mini map, but mm. you don't get access to that when you're doing the teleport. So you're supposed to like jot it down or whatever. <laughs> and like, yeah, that would have been cool to you know jot down on a piece of paper and, and do, or I can just read a thing that says use left portal, use right portal, use up, use up, kill monster, use left. Like, because there are sometimes where you can't just memorize it because you have to fight monsters in the rooms or you know do battles and whatever. So if you're not writing it down and carefully watching, and I and there's times where I just quit in the middle of a level and go do something else and come back to it, and I don't remember what room I'm in in some puzzle like that. So I have been using, the, but I don't use the walkthrough for what characters to use or how to build the decks. Mm. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you compared it to whenever you first talked about it to like a an adventure game kind of in the way that you're moving through the levels. Right. Um, but you were like, but it's not like you're, you know monkey island where you like find the handkerchief and then later find the lighter and then later right. combine those to make a torture i don't know yeah um but what you just described with the secrets is very much how you had to play those games where <laughs> where there's a string on the ground that before people did the different coloration for things yeah it's just a background item on the ground that's a piece of string and, and you just you have don't... to scroll every pixel basically mm -hmm. to get it to show up as a hand now that you can grab. Like, oh, <laughs> um, so that's funny that that's how it works. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I would think that was frustrating. I mean, I've probably shared this story before and it's not a direct one to one, but it's kind of like when I played Stardew Valley. I wanted to, to grow my farm. So I was trying to maximize profit. So different crops have different amounts of time that they take to grow and the seeds right. all cost different, whatever. 
So I started to make a spreadsheet tracking the prices. And then I was like, you know what? Someone else has already done this, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And I actually just want to use the utility of it. I don't actually care or feel good about building the spreadsheet. In fact, building the spreadsheet makes me feel worse. Right. Because what am I doing? Um, no offense to the guy who made it, who I totally no. yeah. his work. But and some people do enjoy making yeah. the spreadsheet. And so right. I'll leave the people that enjoy that kind of thing to, to make it and make it good. And I'll just right. use theirs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I like, so, I don't think I would do this with mist. Um, right. But I definitely will do it with. <laughs> mist. <laughs> yeah. Just realizing we need to have a whole episode on that one. Like, <laughs> be on the lookout for that one. <laughs> That'd yeah. be a fun one. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but wow. yeah, so the, the there is one thing that I do want to bring up, though, which I think could lead to a larger discussion. So we can, you know, feel free to jump back to your games and we can come back to this if you want. But and maybe not. Maybe it's just kind of my own experience. But I picked up uh, the fifth character, which is actually two characters, which is really cool. <clears throat> and and I'm pretty sure I know who the sixth character is going to be and and thought that I was about to pick them up. But I think it's going to wait a little bit before I get them. But I'm 90% sure that I know who the sixth character is. Mm. Um, but I've run into an issue where cards... So I did learn that you can upgrade cards, which I didn't know was a thing you could do before. Because um, when they introduce it to you, they introduce it to you very early, but you're spending most of your money and resources crafting cards. Mm. And so it, we're like halfway through. I'm actually halfway through the game when I realized that I could upgrade previous cards, mm -hmm. which makes a lot of certain combat situations just way easier to deal with when you're dealing extra damage or getting bonus effects or whatever off of them. Mm -hmm. um, but I pick up a, a fifth character and... Uh, my party's kind of set. Like, I have a deck that's working really well. I have all the cards for the three characters that I use. I stopped using one of the characters that you get at the very beginning of the game in favor of another one. And, like, I've picked up a couple of their cards, but mostly I've been spending my money and time on the cards for the characters that I have. And so I pick up these this new character that's actually, like, twins or whatever, or brother-sister or something, whatever. And, like... Their effects seem really cool. They have a bunch of combos. There's like they do a damage type that I can't currently deal. And I'm just like, wow, these guys look really cool. They have a bunch of synergies, but I'm going to lose the synergies that I currently have, which I actually feel like I may have found some not necessarily super broken, but at least a little OP. I feel a little OP because okay. I have found an enough healing combinations that unless I get a bunch of status effects on my party that this character can't currently take off other otherwise if I don't have if I'm not facing something that specifically like I don't know sleeps me or whatever then I just win mm. and I will either win via attrition or I have a couple of cards that I will slowly build up to like 10 mana steam power or whatever and they there are cards that just nuke stuff if you mm. put 10 steam into it so I, I don't I like I don't know it's this weird kind of FOMO where like I want to play with those heroes but they currently don't give me the same kind of synergy that I have and 
I just kind of wish that they were. I, I actually have not played a lot of JRPGs, mm. and this is part of this is kind of in there where it's just like, I really like these new heroes, but I don't want to spend the time leveling them. I would have to go grind more gold because they have like 15 cards that I can buy. And I, I can only have eight in my deck, but I don't know which ones are, I'm going to want and how they work and play it out. So like, I want all their equipment and gear and level them up and use them and work with them. But I'm also losing kind of my min-max build and like the characters that I, I just, they are the characters in the story to me now, mm -hmm. you know? And, mm -hmm. and so I'm, I don't know, I'm at this weird quandary where it's like, I kind of almost wish I just didn't pick up more characters because I, I feel like, I'm ne I haven't even played with one of the characters that's been, you know, that you start the game with. I haven't played with them since like the third mission. Mm -hmm. And now I've got another character. And it's like, cool, thanks. Throw it in the junk pile with everybody else, you know? Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that there's, I think there's some validity to that. I think that, um, I, I don't know. I, I, and obviously, you know, the developer would have to state what their intent was to, to truly know, but. I mean, to some extent, it might be a, as, and I think, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but it's like maybe an offering of a, a way to, to build in replayability, right? Um, because now, if you play the game a second time, then there's something switch over. Yeah, well, and you wouldn't feel like it might not be interesting to play the game a second time if you only had the three static characters, but because right. there's new ones, it's like, oh well, I know I'll get them, so I'll wait. To invest yeah. into and, them yeah. and then do a new playthrough. I uh, mean, if there's a new game plus where I get to keep all the characters, then I would probably be enticed to play through on a harder difficulty and swap guys out or something. Mm -hmm. Having to replay through half the game to get back to there, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I have played some JRPGs. I mean, I'm not a JRPG aficionado by any stretch or, yeah, at all. But, um, I suffer from the same kind of thing with it. I mean, the earliest one I remember is Shining Force. And Shining Force, you can have, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I think it's four people. Maybe it's five, but whatever. A handful of people you can have. I think it's four. You can have out in your in your party. It's a tactics game, the combat. Um, but then, yeah, you have like a home base or whatever. And you recruit lots of characters. And there's like a basement in your home base where the characters all hang out. And so when you return there you can like see them and talk to them, which I thought was super cool when I was a little kid. Right. Um, but it was the same problem where it's like, but I'm, I mean, I'm just not using you guys cause you're not leveled up and right. I just don't, it, it, it just, and especially in that game, because they're the only way to grind was to start a battle and then flee it before it was right. over so that you collected the XP from that fight. But that's the only way to grind. So um, I mean, in Hannah Gilgamesh, it's restarting the same mission over and over again, or worse, finding a checkpoint. Go because if you if you use the game, will save every room, but there's a checkpoint that allows you to replenish all your heroes' health. But if you do that, it respawns all enemies in the map. Mm. And so, what you can do is just find that, go back a room, kill stuff, go back, reget your health, go back, kill, go back, get your health. But that's like, it's just not fun, like. You know what's funny, and this is such a different game, so bear with me, but um, what is now known as Ninja Gaiden Black, uh, but back then it was just Ninja Gaiden on the original Xbox, um, a buddy of mine and I picked it up, and 
you know, now every game looks great, but back in 2004 or five or whatever, HD gaming was not out yet, right? Like the Xbox, like this is pre Xbox 360, pre PS3. So, um, 3D games just didn't, they just didn't look that great. I mean, it's, they're okay. And, and certainly, you know, PS2 is an upgrade over PS1, but there's just a kind of blocky, grainy quality to it all. I mean, just go look at any video of a PS2 game and you'll see what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. But Ninja Gaiden on the original Xbox looked incredible. It, I, will, I will give it credit. It looked really good. It looked so good. And you're playing as a ninja. And I was like, oh, man, I want to play that game so bad. Eventually got a modded Xbox, got Ninja Gaiden for it. Uh, me and a buddy who, you know, Misha, uh, we sat and played it. We were terrible at it because we had not played on that generation of console a game like that at all, really. You know, right. I mean, we played Double Dragon in those games, but that's very It's different. suddenly realizing what an Xbox controller really is. Right. Like, in that time, like, it was so different from a PlayStation controller, even though you wouldn't think so. Mm-hmm. Especially the, like, Gen 1s, they were massive. Like, yeah. they were huge controllers. They're like, Dreamcast, everybody was like, the Dreamcast controller's so big. Like, the Xbox controller was bigger than that. Like... <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um... But anyway, so we were terrible at the game and we would die a lot. And the way that we actually trained ourselves was we found a room very early in the first level. Like you you fight probably like four guys through a couple of hallways and then you drop down into this room and the room populates with probably like six enemies. You kill them and then like another wave and then you're done. And yeah, we just we just fought that room for like I don't know, three hours straight, just like switching back turns on the controller. Like right. we would fight the room. And at first we couldn't beat the room. Right. But when we could beat it. I was like, you know, I feel like instead of just moving on, I there's no way this is the hardest part of the game. Right. Right. <laughs> so if we're supposed to be able to do this, so if we can't, we should do this until this isn't hard and then go forward. Um, but anyway, it just made me think of that just because we, which we did and, and we got good and beat the game eventually and whatever, but it, uh, it's funny cause it's that exact same thing, but we picked it. You know what I mean? Like right. I, the game wasn't designed around <laughs> that as a concept. We just, we just chose to, because we sucked. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think that there's, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting, um, thought just because I don't know if. Like, if they didn't include the other characters, is that better? I feel like the I answer is no. Yeah, I don't think it is. Like, really what I think would be, again, it's it's like redesigning the whole dang game. Right. But, like, I don't know. Let me have, Let me choose to have more or less characters in the party because it's kind of like in slay the spire if i have four characters in my party and they all have eight card decks like it's just going to be harder for me to get what i want but now i can play with all the characters that i have unlocked like i don't know like right but it's also probably overpowered because there's not enough monsters to deal with five six players in a party like right so there's there's also the same kind of thing i feel with having only eight cards in your deck there's a, a lot of cards that I've unlocked that are really cool and that I have not used once mm. because I can only have eight cards per character and I've got to have half of those be 
mana generation or whatever. And so I get three to four special cool cards per player. And it's like, I just, I have to min-max those. Even though there are some cool combos that I see, they aren't going to do as well as heal my entire party, draw three cards, get to play two extra cards next turn, deal a bunch of damage, and then use an X damage spell to wipe. Like, it's just, I don't know. It. I don't know how you solve it. I do want to play with these heroes. I think that... Even if I got to pick which... Because you start the game with two heroes. Even if I got to pick the next time I played through which two heroes those were, like, I think that could be cool. I think like it almost puts me in a position where I'd almost rather it be like a Diablo 3 where I can at least pick which character I'm going to start the game with and know that I will eventually unlock all the things for that character. And then if I want to replay the game, I just pick a new character now. Like, Yeah. I don't know. It feels it's really weird, which, again, I I know that defeats the whole purpose of having a multiple person party and whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think that there's a couple of ways you could tackle it, too. I mean, I think, you know, a game that it makes me think of in that respect also is actually XCOM, because in XCOM, you have way more soldiers than you have room for in your squad. But XCOM forces value because you can you can get hurt or die with those right. characters. So even if they're not dead, it forces you to come back to the next mission and use characters that maybe you're not using as yeah, much. Yeah, there, there is your characters. Your characters have persistent damage, which is why the statues give you HP back when you use them. But I've never been in a position where... like, And even still, you have in-battle and out-of-battle healing items. So even if my healer is like knocked out... I can either revive him, or if he's asleep and can't cast spells, I can heal him with a healing item. And then once he comes back, cool, now everybody's, you know, going. I, I've never been in a position where out of battle, except for during boss fights, if I feel like, oh, well, this guy deals mostly fire damage and the boss is vulnerable to fire, okay, I guess I'll swap out for them. Mm-hmm. But even in, even in that one where that actually was the case, I still didn't do it, and still had almost no trouble beating yeah. the boss. I mean, it, you know, I don't know. It, it sounds like either a maybe the game's a little easy, right? Like, it, maybe. It, I don't, easy isn't the right word, but just it's not tuned to such a way that it makes you use everything that's available, right? right? Yes. Which is kind of what XCOM is doing. Yeah. Um, although XCOM might be the pendulum. I was going to say XCOM is a little bit on the other side, where the, even it with is. even with everything, you can't level your guys up quick enough. Even right. if you wanted to grind too bad, the world explodes in four days and all of your real super soldiers are dead. So here's two and a half rookies to storm the alien base with. Like, I don't know which game hurts my soul more, StarCraft or XCOM. Because, <laughs> in making you feel like you're not a gamer? Well, because StarCraft, it's like, well, I'm terrible. But like a lot of that, I mean, and to be clear, I'm sure that I don't have a brilliant strategy either but i can look up builds and stuff and right can have some knowledge but it's a mechanical thing i still can execute those builds the minute there's two Zer- the minute there's two zerglings in your base it doesn't matter how much you read the build order it all goes out the window like <laughs> yeah yeah like it's it's a mechanical thing where it's like wow i'm not good at using my hands um whereas xcom there's no mechanical skill whatsoever mm-hmm and but yet it is the it is one of the most stressful games that in XCOM 2 both is one of the most stressful games I've ever played because it's this constant feeling of you're on the brink of losing because you are. Yeah. And 
And, but I don't know if that makes me feel worse because I'm on the brink of losing because I'm literally just not smart enough versus Starcraft. Like maybe I'm old or maybe I'm, you know, not. I think it's or... <laughs> it's not even necessarily that. And it may not even be like this could be a really good example of where um, not integration, but when a game immersion in a game is a bad thing, like <laughs> they have executed on despair and hopelessness. Oh, to man. the point where you have to question, am I dumb or do I actually feel like playing this game is hopeless? Like you have made me feel so hopeless and yeah. in despair for the human race that I am now hopeless and in despair of winning this game. So yeah. I'm just going to go quit and cry in a corner and read Camus. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so no, no immersion on despair. But I think, but so I think one way that you could solve the problem would be by forcing you to switch party members through. That's probably true. Persistent damage or whatever the case may be, or I think what you said. I think the new game plus. I mean, I have no idea if it offers that, yeah, but I, I think that could be an interesting way to, hey, you can run through now and you start with access to all six. Right. Or or you get to pick one or two to start. That's with. That's what something. I mean. Yeah. Right. Something Even if you only start with up. two. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's fair. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, well, you know, you and I talked about this with, with Hamaker a little bit on the episode that he came on with us uh, a few weeks ago, um, where like when I play games like RPG games where there's multiple classes, I want to try every class, mm -hmm. right? Whereas you and he are both like, well, I want to stay in one and see where it goes, right? which I also want to see that, but <laughs> the FOMO is so much that I'm like, well... I could get this character, this wizard to the max level, but what if the rogue was going to be more fun? Well, and I would not know because I didn't play it. You I'm know? terrified because this new character deals a specific damage type, not all, not solely, but in large amounts of their cards, they deal a damage type that I don't have access to on any other character. I'm like, cool. So the next boss is going to be vulnerable to this, right? Like if I don't level them up, I'm probably going to be punished because they're going to be immune to everything I do outside of this character. Like, because that's the other way to make them get used is to basically force you to use it. But I'm not even sure that that would happen because I deal, my other deck is so tuned that I can deal resisted damage, like a quarter damage and still right. more of attrition my way through, which I would at that point just to be spiteful. <laughs> and I may stop losing having fun with it doing that, but I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. No, yeah, I think there's, I think there's, uh, there's literally that. And I think the only, I mean, the only way to solve it with what you currently know about it is probably another playthrough, unless there's a new game plus, which is still ultimately another playthrough. Right. And then it comes down to a question of, is it compelling enough to play through again? Right. Um, and, and that's like with Slay the Spire, you know, that's why I think I've been, and I know I've gone on about this already, but so intrigued with it is that because of the amount of RNG that's present, I am interested in playing through it again because it doesn't feel the same. Right. Um, but I think that's a huge contributor to why I haven't stopped playing it yet. So that's fair. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. I don't know. I, it's still a decent enough game and sure. I'm still enjoying it. I'm a little bit more than 50% of the way through. I think it may actually end up being right about 20 hours. That's um, what I read. Yeah, because I, I think I'm at like t 10, 8 or 10 hours, and I know that I'm more than at least halfway through the chapters, although some are larger than others. There are a couple that I'm really glad that I took the the route of having the map already on the screen for me. 
um, because without the walkthrough, there are a couple of missions that are actually just really difficult to get through because mm. um, they are maze-like. Mm. Um, so yeah, without it, it'd be kind of rough. Most of them, you have like a kind of mini map on your screen, but you can't, it, when you're going through like towers that go up and down, it doesn't link things together very well. So It's not the Doom, the Doom 3D Oh map. yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's not even a Metroid. <laughs> Is that a 20 hour game, it doesn't sound short, so no, I don't mean no. a bad thing at all. But it also doesn't sound like, you know, I mean, The Witcher is over 100 hours, The Witcher 3, that right. is. But I remember playing the first Mass Effect in 2009 or something. And that, I I, I mean, I, I did every mission that, that I could in the game. So I, I don't know if I quote unquote 100 percented it achievement wise, because that would take multiple playthroughs. But I did every bit of content that I was aware of that was possible to do. And it took me like 23 hours or something to beat it. And that's like this Bioware <laughs> cinematic, like huge AAA title and Hand of Gilgamesh, same length. Like, yep. wow. Yep. That's, it's just, yeah, it's, it, I don't know, strange to me. Yep. It's uh, still a very fun game. Yeah, I don't think the time, I think 20 hours, I don't know that I could put more than that in there. Right. Which is why I'm like, well, should I just go ahead and play with these other characters? And it's like, I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. But I'm afraid of missing out on having, I don't know, more fun with the other. I don't know. Yeah, I think I it's, don't know I mean, what it is. You know, I was non-related gaming related ever so slightly. But, um, you know, as you know, I, I work with a life coach. And um, something we were talking about the other day is is my curiosity, which I would not think of myself as a curious person. Like, I'm not constantly I don't know, researching things or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, but then when I thought about it in the context of, and we weren't talking about video games at all, but when I thought about it in the context of video games, I was like, you know, that is actually what motivates me to play games, which we've talked about before, but like in, we've described it before as like novelty. Right. But it's not exclusively novelty because like Slay the Spire doesn't really have much more novelty left, right? I mean, I get right. it. I've seen basically what it has to offer, but there's this kind of curiosity of like, well, I wonder what it would take for it to work. Like, because I've right. beat it with three out of the four characters now. Oh, nice! Congratulations. So I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, but but I keep playing with the last one, and it is kind of a curiosity that drives it, and that is actually true. And I think that's actually why. And again, I'm I'm speculating largely here but i think that might be why i actually don't care about finishing stories in games that often is because it doesn't actually leave me curious anymore because like right. mechanics wise i get it and oftentimes which no i don't know the ends of all of these stories but a lot of times the stories are just not actually that it's i mean it's not like yeah i mean like in this written. one it's definitely not the, like the story i'm still going but not really on the story's behalf more on like the cheeky puns and if i'm right about the last character mm -hmm. like it's not a, it's a it's made to be emulating something along the lines of like a princess bride or a children's tale so like mm. it it's not it is not basing its entire existence on its story uh um, quick time out i've never seen the princess bride did you know that cool uh, there's part of me that wants to berate you but i've already berated you on other movies and i myself am a victim of not having much pop culture blood in my millennial veins. So I really can't like judge I mean, other I, people. 
I, it was something, I mean, I didn't, you know, when I was a little kid, it was out and I heard people talk about it, but yeah, I just never was anywhere where it was shown. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, It's very popular. That's what, that's why I thought it interesting to say. I'm not going to spark any controversy on this one. The internet can come at, at us, at him. (laughs) You too. You too. Pick up your sticks for PYS pod on Twitter at PYS pod. Send your hate mail. (laughs) Bring it. Send anything. Um, No. Please, <laughs> please give us a tweet. <laughs> I haven't tweeted to anyone in months. <laughs> um, so yeah, so another game that I started playing here recently, which I, I don't want to go too deep. A, I just haven't actually played that much of it, so I can't. Um, but I am so impressed with it that I want to go farther so that I can talk about it at a better level. And that is Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, which also just came out with an, the sequel to that, which is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, it's a it's a 2D side-scrolling, you know, platformer, action platformer type of game. Metroidvania, I guess, is probably the most succinct way to say that. Um, it is it is just uh, it's beautiful. Um, it's kind of like watercolory, isn't it, in the art style? Yeah, and it's also just like. Like, it's not fair to compare it to Gree because it's not, it's a much bigger game than Gree and not that focused of an experience, but, and there's like actual combat and stuff, but it's, it has tinges of that. Now, I mean, it predates Gree also, so. Right. But it has. may have tinges of it. (laughs) Yeah, but, but it, 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 I mean, it's just all these tiny little touches, like, you know, it's 2D, and I think I think it's called Parallax, right? Where, like, the background moves independently. Yeah, and there's different layers of background that move independently. Yeah, the yeah, Parallax scrolling. They've got that. They've got things where just, like, there's little mushrooms, and, like, as you run by them, like, you can't jump on them, like, as a platform, but as right. you run by them, they'll wiggle. And just tons of little touches, and the, the just the, the lighting of it and everything, and, and honestly, just the tone of the game. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that it made me, like, like sad per se but it it definitely like kind of strikes a, an, an emotional chord um very very early um, so you're so you're already having a, an emotional connection and response to this game within the first couple of hours within the first 30 minutes oh wow uh, it's it's just so i so what happened was i was on game pass and saw that will of the wisps was available okay and I had tried Ori in the Blind Forest, I don't know, a few years ago, and I don't have any negative memory of it. I just, as with all of my as games. As with many games, if they don't dangle something in front of Walker in the first five minutes, he's out. Yeah, but I don't know why I didn't stick with it. <laughs> it, it, it does dangle something, which is a very compelling yeah. experience. It could have been one of those nights. Like, it's yeah. one of those things. I get there sometimes where it's like, I mean, like last night, there was a game that I thought I wanted to get. And I ended up not getting it because I was like, well, it's nine o'clock and I don't want to start trying to play something right before I go to bed or something. But you may think you're in the mood for an adventure. And especially with like Humble Bundle games, you may just download and install something and not really and not even realizing that what you really want to play right now is like a first person shooter. But you just mm-hmm. don't realize that. So you're like, yeah, I'll open this up. It's supposed to be good. Platformer. Eh, I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. Close it. Like, 
I just I love a Metroidvania so much though um, that it's it's surprising to me that I that I didn't stay with it anyway. So I opened up Will of the Wisps, and it was really compelling to start with. And I was like, you know, I should go play the first one because I have it and whatever. I, like right. this this is great, and I'm gonna like it. And I bet I enjoy the second one more if I play the first one first. So probably. But the first one has a definitive edition, um, which I don't own on Steam. I just own the the original version. But it turns out that a definitive edition all of the first game, uh, Blind Forest, available on the Xbox Game Pass as well. So started that. Oh, and, okay. So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a, I mean, it is, it, it it's just a really, I love, so to, to be clear, as, as we've joked about before, in real life, I'm not a huge nature guy. I mean, I, I do go walk outside and stuff, but I'm not a camper or anything like that. Um, but man, you put me in a video game with like a really cool forest and some, some I don't know, creatures of light and these things. And I am so sucked in. Like I am one million percent in it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Really, really excited to see where it goes and really, really excited to see as a Metroidvania just mechanically what they do because right. there's already some things that they do that are a little interesting at the very beginning of the game. Like for example... There are save points that you can find, but then there are also, which is classic Metroidvania, right? That's how Metroid games right. work, the save points. But you can also get these energy orbs, and anywhere anywhere on the map, you can hold a button, and it creates a save point right there where you are. But you spend that energy orb, so you can't just save every two seconds or you know right. after a fight or something. But so it's kind of cool because that's actually a thing that I don't like about Metroidvania. It's one of the few things I don't like mm -hmm. is that if you get to a point where you want to quit and you're not by a save point, you're kind of hosed. Right. Uh, so the fact that it kind of lets you create a save point anywhere you want while still not making it something where you can just save any time like you right. could in like civilization or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was... I, I, thought it was I think a that's... Cool a, how. What's the frequency or rate that you get these orbs? Um, it's somewhat frequent. I mean, it's not. Can they just be gotten from like any normal enemy or do you think there's like a limited, like, do they only come in chests that are only openable ones? No, they can come from a variety of places. I don't know if they come from just regular enemies or not. Basically, or like, do you, do you feel like they're replenishable? Yes. Or do you feel like they're finite? I feel like they're replenishable, but at the same time, I, like, I feel like it strikes a nice balance. Now, again, I'm not that far into the game. Right. So we'll see but as of right now it feels like it strikes a nice balance where it's not like super rare that you find them which if it was it would kind of defeat the point right um but at the same time like you might save and it might be another 10 minutes of gameplay before you get another orb or whatever which isn't a really long time but again looking at it through the context of well i want to be able to stop kind of whenever i want right 10 minute segments is great. It's you know a good I mean? chunk of that. Yeah. And I don't know that 10 minutes is exactly correct. No, but, but as long as the feeling is close to that, right. it's not like it's not once an hour. And again, the, the reason that I ask is because, yeah, I mean, especially here lately, I've been in a position where I feel like I'm going to play a game all night and I'm charged and I walk in and I play one mission or half a mission sometimes. And I'm just like, eh, 10, 15 minutes and I'm, I'm, I'm good. I actually feel fine with that. Mm -hmm. And, and then there are times where I play for an hour or so or whatever, but it's it's just it's it is really disappointing in a Metroidvania to have only certain save locations and 
Right, right. Um, which I get it. It's part of the balance of the game. So I'm not, I don't, I don't hate it, but it's just, it's, it's one of the things about Metroidvania is that I can, that can be a thorn in my side. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm really excited to continue playing through both of those and hopefully we'll have more to share in the, in the coming weeks as I get farther into them. Awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I, I have heard good. I don't think I've played through Ori. I'll I have to guess... double, there's another game that I have played. There's a few games that were all in that same vein in the same era. Like they're released within a year or two of each other. But I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure Ori is one that I haven't played. Ori is a, I would, I would say, I would guess not simply because of how visually striking it is. You, it would, it would have stood out to you. Okay. Um, I mean, I can see that. I know I can see like the title screen because I, I have seen that probably Mm -hmm. just in advertising and whatever, Mm -hmm. but I, I, there is a game that I'm trying to remember that was somewhat Metroidvania, somewhat kind of Legend of Zelda-y, but it was a top-down thing, and it was around the same area that had mm. a, char- a somewhat similar character that I'm not coming off the top of my head now. I can't remember the name of the game, but... Yeah, Ori's like this little, like, I don't ball of light that's kind of... I mean, it's a biped and has big floppy ears or whatever, but it, it's a pretty small little thing, and um, I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's just a made-up magical creature, right. as far as I know, but... Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's very well made. I'm very impressed with it. I'm very excited to play through both. And, um, I'm, I, it's been a while since I've played through a good Metroidvania. Um, it has, that's been Carly's Caves was the last one, right? Yeah. Callie's Caves 3 Callie's is Cave. good. Callie's Caves 4 I started on, but it didn't hook me in the same way that 3 did, which is funny because those games are completely absurd to begin with, but, right. um, but yeah, it's been an, it's been a, it's been a, a while. I, I can't I can't remember the last Metroidvania that I really sat down and just sank into for a long period of time. So I'm hoping that will be these. So, wow, nice. Um, I've got one other thing, but have you have you played anything else at all? So not really. There's a, so there's two games that I'm looking at playing. Mm. Um, and I just don't know. I'm probably only going to get one. I mean, I may eventually get both of them. I don't really have like a huge budget or anything. I'm also not like cripplingly broke. I just don't know if it's worth the investment yet. Sure. Um, one of them is on sale right now, though, for like half off, which puts it at like 20 bucks. So that's mm-hmm. like, well, I got to fit. And it's the one that I'm probably leaning more heavily towards um, is another gunship. Ah, um first mother gunship mother gunship mother gunship um it is a first person shooter roguelite or like um but the big the big hook of it is that you'd build the gun okay so like and there's hundreds of parts or whatever and after every level you can put like i, I don't exactly even know how it works so i can't speak to it very well but you assemble it in the same way that like kind of a Kerbal Space Program like system. You actually just go through and put here's a Gatling thing and probably some power cells and this shoots bouncy bullets and what mm. you call and then it actually fills up you can fill up your screen top to bottom. So you can make a gun like in a square that fills the borders of your screen. Mm. And then go into and there's like giant mega bosses and roguelike elements i guess and i mean the bosses look cool the visuals look cool the music looks fun has a little bit of like a stanley parable kind of voice acting element to it Mm. um where there's a 
a sarcastic narrator, I guess. Right. Um, but it, it also just looks, I mean, for one, I don't think I'm going to be getting Doom Eternal anytime soon because computer keeps getting pushed down the list. Uh, one of our pets had to have, actually two of our pets had surgery. Um, they're both fine now, but that's a lot of money that had to get taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that keeps getting pushed out and I kind of just am feeling a first person shooter and I don't want to reinstall borderlands and I know, I know I'm terrible. Well, and also like you get to build the gun, you know, I like to build things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I get it. I mean, that sounds cool actually. And they Um, have it like in their trailer, they call one like the selfie stick because it's like 10 feet long and has an explosive thing at the end of it. And then is just attached to like, you can kind of dual wield guns. I think either that, or you can just make one gun that looks like two guns that has two different functions. Hmm. And like, they just show you like upgrading one gun and carrying it to the next mission and building more cobbling more things onto it. I'm sure there's some kind of power generation or ammo system where you have to add boxes to it to make it carry more or do more or whatever. Um, but it looks like it has a lot of different bullet types that are all built around different, like some of the guns were just literally filling the entire screen with bullets. I think it's a little bit bullet hell as well from your opponents, um, which there are a few first person games that have pulled that off decently recently. And I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. Um, and then hmm. there is a platformer game that I believe I watched some of the itch.io development of and was really interested in called Carrion. Um, okay, so Carrion is also on the Xbox oh, Game yeah. Pass. And I noticed it because it was the number one game selling on Steam like two weekends okay. ago. And then I opened up Game Pass and saw it. And I was like, ha ha. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. I haven't. It- it looks awesome. anything. Yeah, it looks it, awesome. I think you would, I think you would like it. Yeah, quite a bit. I don't mean to steal your thunder with talking you know, about. I it, like but. to. I mean, I don't. I I think I've watched some development and saw some early YouTube stuff of it as well. Um, but anytime that you get to play the bad guy, and that bad guy is also an alien, and you get to stick it to Marines, like, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much in on that. Like. Well, and you're basically, you're like the Venom symbiote. Somewhere between the Venom symbiote and like the thing from the thing. Like a blob monster, a tentacle blob monster. Yes, but as you like grow and consume, you you actually grow and get bigger and have new abilities. And yeah, no, it's it's definitely interesting. That's another Metroid. I think it's basically a Metroidvania though. Kind of, yeah. Because you can, I mean, from playing it, because you're basically navigating back and forth between areas Mm -hmm. and unlocking new things. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it It, looks good. Um, I I think I definitely would enjoy it. I just don't know that I would enjoy it right now. I'm also about to hit my fall-winter game schedule. Like, at least the weather is cool enough for the last couple of days that I feel like it's there. I know it's probably going to be hot as sin in the next couple of days, but... As we get into fall and it gets colder, I become more and more creative in my gameplay. Like, that's when I do Terraria and Kerbal and Minecraft and things like that. So I don't Mm. know if I save Mother Gunship till then. I don't know. Or wait for something else to come out. I'm just... I'm also trying not to avoid not finishing Hand of Gilgamesh. Because I actually do want to finish the game. Right. But I've not been putting a lot of time into it. And I feel like if I start playing something else, I just may not finish it at all. Right. So... 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, I mean, Carrion is pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I will say this, as cool as I thought it was and as interesting as I thought it was, it did not grab me in the same way that uh, Ori did, right? As I mean, a- I could see that. It definitely, Carrion definitely looks like, I don't also generally play darker games. Right. And it is definitely a darker game. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, like, super excited about it. It's gory. I mean, you you right. grab dudes and eat half of them, and then their lower torso is still. It is also very pixel arty, though. So it is, yeah. You're, I mean, definitely, it's not like you're doing it in you know the the highest fidelity graphic situation or something, but just simply the implied darkness of it. Right. Is it is pretty dark. Yeah. Um. Well, the only other game I was going to mention quickly is is Outward. Um, Outward is a RPG that I. Th- think is maybe on multiple platforms i'm playing it on pc but um it's an interesting game i don't really know what else you would compare it to it so it's an rpg but it's also a survival game where you have to manage hunger and thirst and sleep and all that kind of stuff but it's even like even all of that it it, it's I don't want, I don't want to say more hardcore because that's not that's not really I don't even know what that means but like for example if you want to become a magic user you can't create a wizard you just create whatever everyone creates the same character and then if you want to unlock magic you have to go to this mountain where mana is available and complete this like ritual where you have to trade part of your health pool for mana ah so like the more powerful I mean that's kind of cool. It's the same end result of having low HP and having mana cuz like most of your spellcasters usually have lower HP, but I think that is a cool way of getting there. Yes, exactly. Um well it, but but so then like for example like you get a spell that allows you to to create fire. Well, it works on its own if you're just standing still. It works to like light like a campfire, right? right. But if you want to cast a fireball, you have to draw a magic circle and like you have to learn that however and then stand inside of the magic circle and then when you cast the fire spell now it's a fireball wow so it's actually just a really deep rpg game um that has a that has zero hand holding it, it reminds me of this other game called kenshi which is probably unfamiliar okay. no I, I i'm a little bit familiar i haven't played but i have seen some it's, of it it's just a game where again there's just there's there's very little hand holding there's very little direction and you can die very easily um and there's a again there's a lot of survival mechanics and just things to think about so like when you take damage you can heal the damage by either using a bandage or certain foods but your health bar will also take like quote unquote like permanent damage, right? Mm-hmm. So you, your full health is now only seventy percent, right? And the only way to do that is to sleep. <clears throat> but so then, what that means is, as you're traveling, you just have to like set up a camp and, and sleep, right? And I, I've only played with someone else, so I don't know how it would work in single player. But in multiplayer, you both choose how much you want to sleep, but then you also choose like how many hours each person's going to spend on guard duty and how many hours people want to spend repairing stuff. Wow. And it actually gives you like a percentage chance to be ambushed that decreases the more hours you have someone guarding. Right. But then then they're not healing. Yeah. 
Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I haven't, again, yet again, just like Ori, I haven't gotten that far in it. Um, Hammaker is who, who kind of pulled me into it. He is played by himself 10 hours or 12 hours or something. So more than I have by a lot. But... I mean, it, it kind of looks like fantasy arc, at least um, visually a little bit. I mean, it's more yeah, colorful. There's, there's no base building. Like you're there. not building okay. structures. You're not taming dinosaurs. Like it's so it, it and the combat is a lot more polished than arc. I would say it's more like a really, really um, again, there I go with the word arc, a non triple A version of Skyrim that leans way more into role playing and way okay. less into accessibility. It, that's I fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for a lack of a better way to say it. Um, and Skyrim's already kind of not terrible. Like if you took somebody who'd never played video games before and oh, gave sure. them Skyrim, they're not doing anything. No, especially if they like, I don't even know if the box set came with a manual, but you're not getting one when you're buying it on steam. So <laughs> right. Even if yeah. there is a PDF, it's not directing you to, Hey, the game manuals included in your download. Like you may want to go read that. No, right. it just drops you in and you create a character and you're supposed to know how to play games. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, I mean, we it's something that we've talked about before, but it's an interesting thing where, you know, like, uh, like I kind of wanted my mom, I wanted to get my mom into Minecraft of all things, just because she's a really creative person and isn't really, I mean, doesn't really play video games uh, other than like on her phone. But I was like, man, I think you would really like Minecraft because mm -hmm. you can just get, I mean, especially if you played creative mode, right? Yeah. Like you can just get lost in this, this crazy world. Um, that's really cool, but she doesn't know how to do WASD. Right. And, and creative mode alone is pretty overwhelming because there's a lot of blocks in that game and Ooh, items and stuff. Right. And like, right. that's a pretty overwhelming experience of just scrolling through that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting when you think about like, to me, it's not a thing I even consider, of course, because we've been playing games our whole life. Right. right. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't know those that kind of rounds out what I've been playing here this last week. Um, hopefully more information on outward and, Ori as the weeks go by. Yeah, but. that'll be good to hear. I do have one other little thing. Little, very big thing um, is this week Levelhead dropped their 1.18 mega update. Uh, I don't know how they didn't just call this 2.0. Um, I sent you the page. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know, 20 full scroll wheels, like maybe more of just changes updates fixes there's hordes of new items and monsters there's a whole new storyline bit like the newsletter slash i guess patch notes page is just a whole story to the shareholders of levelhead hmm. uh there's a new superpower there's new oh, it's just new there's new everything there is just so hmm. much content in a single update that it's kind of ridiculous. Hmm. And uh, I've not played it in a while. I haven't played it since like I played it when it came out on release, but that was really only just the rest of the storyline bits, but actually like building levels. I haven't really done since March or April and it is, they're doing stuff with like time manipulation and power up recharges 
more switches. There's now input switches, so you can make the level respond directly to up, down, left, right, like jump. Like the different buttons that you can press in the game can now affect things in a level, hmm. um, which is getting dangerously close to being able to write level head in level head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> huh. um, yeah, so it's just, and I wanted to give a shout out because I think that for anybody that hasn't played level head yet, I think it's a good opportunity to bring back up uh, this game now. If it didn't before, it definitely 150% now outpaces Super Mario Maker in every possible thing. Um, and, and you don't have to have a Nintendo to play it. Yeah, so. and you don't have to have a Nintendo to play it. And you can cross-play it between your, fro your every system. So you could build a level on your phone and go to your PC and test that level. And then go to your Xbox and submit that level. And it's all, it's all just there. It's all the same game. I'm not getting any kickbacks, I promise. Um, so there is no reason for me to say this other than I, ju I just can't get over how good of a deal is. Level Hit is actually still part of the Xbox. Oh, game. nice, awesome! Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was only going to be like a one month thing or something. So that's amazing. So yeah, uh, if you, now you have zero reason if you have Xbox Game Pass, just go download Level Head and well, just play it. <laughs> you can literally pay one dollar for the first month of PC Pass. Cancel. So there's no recurring thing. Cancel immediately. You still get the month and you paid $1 to try it. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, and maybe this is a conversation for off air, but whatever. Something that you just mentioned a moment ago about budgeting and, and like how, you know, how that affects what game purchase you're making. And mm -hmm. one of the most played applications in my Steam library is why you need a budget, right? right. It's my budget software. I don't know. It might be worth it for us at some point to talk about... Um, to talk about our experiences with that just because i know when i was 20 or 25 or whatever i didn't i didn't think about things like that you know what i yep. mean and understand how to start or what it looked like or what it meant or whatever but the reason i bring it up is just because i too have been and am in some respects a poor gamer and man for a dollar to be able to try all of this stuff right it's, it's just crazy so um but no. yeah, anyway, not supposed to be a Microsoft. No, 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 huge. I, I, I think that talking game budgeting is something. And it, and the funny thing is, is I actually have a game budget right now. And I still don't want to spend it because that's just too. It's also like, hey, maybe I could save up for my computer because I, I right. do just actually want that. Right. Um, but no, Levelhead's latest update adds neon lights, new colors for everything. It adds so much content. And the game already had already had so much content. Mm -hmm. It is obscene the types of functionality you can get your hands on if you want. Like, you can make a level as simple as you want and not have it be very overwhelming. But if you want to dig deep into the system and add legit programming to a level, you just can. Yeah. And I think that that's phenomenal. I think they deserve another shout out that yeah. this update is huge and... I mean, for especially for indie studios, and they've talked very openly on their podcast, third podcast in line after Pick Up Your Sticks, The Walk Show, go check out uh, Coffee with Butterscotch as your number three. They've talked very openly about how like this is a this was a guaranteed update that they've been working on for a number of months, uh, but the next one's not guaranteed because it's they either if they make money off of this they will code for this, if they are not making money off of this then they need to go code the next thing because they mm -hmm. only have so many years of of pipeline available to them or runway mm -hmm. so 
if you are even remotely interested or you say you get it for a dollar on Xbox Game Pass, uh, buy it on mobile. It's actually cheaper on mobile um, and you can use a Bluetooth controller. Uh, so if you're if you're really stuck, maybe you already have a tablet or a phone uh, and you want it, you know, as cheap as you could possibly get it. It's not terribly expensive full price, but you can get it usually about 50 percent off. Uh, on mobile devices, so feel free to get it there. Same exact game. Um, there's just options for touchscreen controls is really the only difference. And uh, yeah, if you if you're even remotely interested, support it because it's an amazing game. They're amazing devs, and uh, if you buy it, there's a chance that more content comes out for it. So if you are re- interested in that kind of thing, that's just how you get it. You know. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to see you know what they do. Um and obviously we've talked about them I mean, we went to their conference last year right um, rip this year i'm sure uh, yeah it is <laughs> it is ripped <laughs> but um but man like it, it's just a it's a it's a rare opportunity to really get an inside look at what it is to be a small independent developer um and yes there are other dev blogs out there and stuff so not that this is wholly unique to them but the fact that they do a podcast where and it's such a small studio. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you just really get to see h- how it all comes together. And they're and very it. open about it. Like mm-hmm. that they don't state the about the only thing they don't do is state exact dollar amounts. But right. if you're willing to listen, you, they they pretty much give it to you anyway. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, they they don't they do what they have to do legally, but. Um, well, and just simply, I mean, just simply being able to say like, look, if you guys like, if, if this sells, we make, we continue developing updates for this. If it doesn't, we move on to the next title. Almost no developer would be willing to say that to their community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that might be true for Starcraft, but Blizzard's not going to say that. And I like Blizzard, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're not going to say, Hey, if we don't sell X amount, because people would think they were trying to squeeze them. Right, right. And they're not. They're just being, that's just game de- right. That's game development in a small studio is is they have to focus their time and attention on paying themselves. Right. Because they have to make a salary. And if you know, if you knew you had only three years of salary left, uh, you could either continue making the thing that's not making you any money, or you could get one to three years worth of attempts pulling the lever to, to get the thing that does pay you another well, three years. And to be fair, it's not, it's not as if, if they stop, if they do stop providing updates, it's not as if they've done the towns thing where we have some half finished. Right. Title. No, this is already such a massive game. It's already so right. like beyond anything beyond this is just how much more ridiculous. If you guys keep buying it, it can get more ridiculous, but it is already in absurd levels of amazing and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So like it's, it's a hundred percent worth it. And they're not saying that they won't like do bug fixes and things. Oh, right. They're just not going to do major content release. So like this content release, like I said, is probably I don't know, 15 pages of text. Mm-hmm. Like it's just absurd. And if you want a patch, I, these are like Terraria levels of patch notes. Right. If you want that, then you got to keep supporting it. If you're happy with where it is, if you're already a player that's playing it, awesome, great. If you don't care to see, I don't like if nothing else came out, I would still go back and play this game probably multiple times a year. Right. Um, and be totally happy with it. I have purchased it on multiple platforms now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if there are more updates, then that's just more icing on the cake. Like that's right. So yeah, they're amazing devs. I thought I'd give them a shout out because it is a the void update. Um, <laughs> they were looking to find a void in the market, but l- opened the literal void instead. Ah, uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but and then capitalized on it because capitalism. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Butterscotch Nagan is definitely worth a shout out and Levelhead certainly worth a shout out um, all of the time. I mean, we talk about good guy devs all the time and they're just a, a yep. shining example of that. So happy to support them. Anything else you wanted to cover today? I don't think so. I think that's it. We, we covered a lot today. We did. We yeah. did. Uh, as always. <laughs> Well, that's going to be all for our episode today. Follow us on Twitter to join the discussion, share your thoughts, or catch our stream times. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend and help us keep growing our audience. You can also join us on Discord and in our Steam group. All of the links will be available in the show notes. If you want more of my insights on pretty much everything in life not related to gaming, check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found. NFL fans, Dak Prescott here. Want to spend Sunday afternoons with your favorite teams and players? Switch to DirecTV and get NFL Sunday ticket included at no extra cost. I'm talking every live out-of-market game every Sunday, no matter where you live. So switch to DirecTV to get the 2020 NFL Sunday ticket season included at no extra cost. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Out-of-market games only. Requires choice package or above. Minimum $74.99 a month before discounts. Prices higher in second year. Regional sports fee up to $9.99 a month applies. 24-month agreement, activation, other fees, terms, and restrictions apply. Everything in this shed, starting with those. Okay, gotta fix all of these. That, that'll be so easy. This needs some love for sure. Definitely that. True DIYers see projects everywhere. From repainting patio furniture to repurposing an old light fixture. For all of those to-dos, trust Krylon Fusion All-in-One Paint and Primer Spray Paint. It bonds to difficult surfaces and gives you maximum rust protection with no sanding or priming. And that's that. Krylon. Today we spray.